All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! This show show explores television content that's been available for consumption for quite some time. If a spoiler or two slips into the conversation, well, you were warned. Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. But Sidney Crosby has won hockey games before. He's pretty much won, like, I think every award you, you could win. Yeah. Is that what people are hoping for? Yeah, I think so. Although, can I tell you something that I don't know that I want to be on the podcast, but right. a part of me just didn't want it to happen because I don't want there to be a parade <laughs> that we have to put people in for. You're scared to put that on the podcast? Yeah. That's, uh, that's not like, that's guess, not unpatriotic for you to admit. I that's feel okay. a little unpatriotic just because like he grew up on my street. Yeah. Like he's, you know. I would never cheer against him, and clearly I'm still cheering for him. I just don't want to have to organize a parade entry. No, you've qualified it enough now that I'm leaving it in the podcast. <laughs> okay. Because right. it would be your job to organize that parade, and that would be that would be balls. Right. Can we say how how terrible parades are? Yeah, I think so. Oh, they're uh, that yeah. That's that's yeah, my, you hate parades more than anyone. That is my number one point of contention in the radio industry. <laughs> yeah. The number of parades <laughs> you're expected to be a part of. Uh, something really bad's gonna happen to us one day, and we're gonna be like, "Remember that day we just ragged on parades?" <laughs> uh, things got worse yeah. after <laughs> after parades were the worst part. We hated parades, and then it got worse. I just don't understand what the draw is. Why people leave their their comfortable, warm homes mm. to go stand on a sidewalk and watch a two hour live commercial it's just it's just a huge commercial block well did you ever get excited about parades when you were little i can remember there being a tradition for a couple of years when i was a little little kid that my family would drive to truro because that's because <laughs> that's where my grandmother lived and we would see the truro santa claus parade mm. but even then i'm sure it was a i'm sure it was a, a commercial except i don't remember getting any more than maybe one candy cane whereas now if you're walking along a parade Every little friggin' kid wants something from you. Yeah. And every parent of those kids is like, oh, I'm a kid too. Give me a candy cane. <laughs> right. No, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> Eat your candy canes on your own damn time. That's right. <laughs> okay, it's time for the show show. I don't have a uh, any intros written because I literally just finished watching these episodes. Okay. It is the prison-themed episode of the show show. I think what we're going to do, and you can let me know what you think of this, I like the idea of a double bill. Mm-hmm. I, I like doing two different shows that have something in common. Yeah, I think I think that's what we do from now on. Okay, so the theme is uh, prison shows, of which yes. there are a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have we have picked the, the O's. Orange is the New Black comes back to Netflix very soon. Mm-hmm. It is overdue. Are you somebody who's watched this from, since the beginning? No, I realized when I was watching the pilot that I think I saw parts of it before. Oh, you've, you're not a watcher of this show. No, not at all. Oh. No, Jen is my girlfriend. She's yeah. watched, I think, every episode. But. So watching the pilot, did you feel compelled to, to see what happens next? I'm, I'm kind of a funny guy with dramedies. Sure. I can, and especially knowing that there's like more seasons, like part of me is thinking like, oh, she was only in for 15 months. Is this all happening in the 15 month period or are they, are they extending it? Like, they have not yet extended her sentence. Oh, okay. And that is a thing that that kind of catches up with you around mid-season three. You're like, wait a second. Piper is batshit now. Right. Like, how quickly did this happen? And then they're like, oh, I've, I've st- only got eight months left. And you're like, no, yeah. this didn't all happen in that time. Yeah. So that's a good observation. Y- you know what else? I The person who made Orange is the New Black also made Weeds, right? Uh, you mean like the showrunner, the producers? Yeah, or the main writer or creator. Well, well the creator is... is Piper Kerman, who wrote the book. Oh, right. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know if you can necessarily qualify her as the creator of the TV show. She just inspired the name. Right. The idea about a, a kind of a white bread regular lady on drug charges in a woman's prison having to deal with that culture. Right. Her name is Piper, but a different last name. She, it, her book is an, is an autobiography. Okay. So I really don't know how much overlap there is between the series and the book, but I have to figure it's pretty limited because... The stuff that happens in the TV show. As a matter of fact, I made a, I made a note of that. Like, why would, how would Piper Kerman feel about how crazy Piper Chapman's gotten in the show? Like, does she have any concerns right. that people are going to confuse the two or think that she's just as fucked? Yeah, I, I would keep watching the show, but I, 
I want there to be like a finality to it. Like I want I want the writers or something to say it's going to go five seasons and we know exactly where it's going to go. I hate when shows just keep going on for the sake of, well, it's successful, so let's keep writing it. Right, and they're, they're given a deadline, so then they decide that it's going to wrap up. Yeah. I've been wanting that from House of Cards since yeah. like season three. You know, know when you're done. And they said way back, you know what? We might only do this for two years. Well, now we're four seasons deep, and they're talking about seasons five and six. Yes. And, so. and there's shows that, that I think kind of fell out because they didn't do that. A really good example of a show that overstayed its welcome is Californication. I know you mm. watched that show. Absolutely. The first four seasons of that show were fucking poetry. Yeah. It was like, it completely changed what it was about. Like the, and it's, it remained entertaining to an extent in that I watched it through the end. But the first four seasons were like, like really something to connect with. Like well-written. There was huge um, plot twists. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There was also a neat thing that, that took place with Californication where based on where they were on the, on the schedule, or were they on Showtime or HBO? Showtime. Showtime. So based on where they were on the Showtime schedule, their seasons would always, um, they would have to finish production before they would find out about renewals. Right. So they always had to write a season finale that could be a series finale in case they got canceled. Right. Which is why when I tell people to watch Californication, I say watch up until the end of season four. Mm-hmm. It'll feel like it's over and then quit. And then stop Because there. you'll have a really pure experience yeah. with it. Yeah. I think the writers of Mad Men said before the show stopped, yeah, we're just going to keep writing it until people don't want to watch it anymore. And I'm like, why? Yeah. And on a high note, man. It's also just not a good philosophy as an artist. No. You know, have more care for what your your thing is going to be as a beast. Switch it up. Make something new after that. Like, do three seasons and... Well, well, and who's to say, I mean, a, a vehicle like Orange is the New Black is so conducive to spinoffs if you don't want to be done with that universe. Like, True. don't don't um, compromise what your original vision for the series was Yeah, just because you, you're not done writing Nikki or whatever. Right. Like, if you want to have another series, maybe like a prequel series about how she got into prison, although really that's all kind of taken care of yeah. in the series Orange is the New Black. And, and couldn't Piper, like, get out of jail and that show continue on and it could check in with, like, Piper but still go back to the jail? and I think it could. I mean, it would have to take on, like, a new, a new meaning. Like, in the pilot, what does she have going on outside of prison? She's engaged to Jason Biggs. Yeah. That falls through, we know for a fact, because he's not on the series anymore. Right. Um, I don't know if it's because of... He might not have gotten along with the show. Oh, really? I think that's what happened. I kind of liked the fact that he was in it. I was happy that he was doing something else. Me too. And he he was very likable in the in the pilot too. Like it's a little bit unrealistic the way he's like so cool with her going to prison. Yeah. I kind of took issue with that a little so bit. So cool that he like asked her to get married. Yeah. And, and but I mean like you buy it like the idea is that she is just a regular lady and this is just going to be a challenge that they have to get through. Yeah. But that they don't last any more than like a couple of months in the timeline of the series. I mean, it's not the fault of the series, I guess. They couldn't have foreseen him leaving the show, but it it, it is it is a bummer for the nature of storytelling in general. Right. And especially because it's within 15 months that he ended up leaving. Yeah. And so much crazy shit happens, obviously, because there's three seasons. So, so much crazy shit happens in that 15 months that it's... Seriously, man. Like, a lot of crazy ridiculous. shit happens in the series. And like, season three wasn't as good season two had this whole and i won't i won't be too spoily um it's funny how i care more about your spoilers than the audience <laughs> no i i don't know that i would watch it but like you can go for it okay well i'm not i'm not gonna wreck anything but like there's this character who comes in in season two and she is um she is strictly a season two character like she starts in season two she ends in season two and she really ups the ante for for suspense in the series okay like she really changes the dynamic of the way the characters run and she she kind of applies uh, a new culture to the prison and you see how the show is starting to develop right. like the the performance by this lady uh, the character's name was v i don't know the actress's name the performance was like stellar she was awesome and when she dies you i jumped out of my seat like i i like screamed a hooray like for for an actress to make you hate her character so oh, much wow. okay. so much that you have like a visceral reaction when she right. finally bites the bullet i mean it's a shame that i don't get to watch her in the show anymore right. it, was she the like super southern girl with the bad teeth 
No, That's she's she's still kicking. Oh, really? Okay. She's not a bad I actress thought, herself. I thought she was in it for in the first season. That's too, Taryn Manning. She's a Manning. Like Peyton? Yeah. What? Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing, but yeah. Wow. A cousin like, or something. No way. Yeah. Interesting. She's a good. She's a good actress. I mean, They're good she, at everything. Her her character's kind of a weird one. It, it's not unlike the Piper character in that she developed too quickly. Right. Like they they made her so fucking nuts in the first season. And then they saw how compelling she was and that she was kind of oddly sympathetic, even though she was so crazy and the actress was really good. So they didn't want to kill her off or write her out of the show, even though that was probably the right thing to do storytelling wise. So they kind of like reeled her in a little bit and they, they made her a little less crazy and you kind of have a hard time believing that. Right. But then she gets raped in season three and suddenly you're on her side. It's yeah, they, they, they go there. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that the show is a masterpiece, but like they're they're going to places that I you don't see every day. So it, you've watched all three seasons. Has it been? Is there? Can it get kind of cringy for you? Um, cring, well, cringy like in the way not like humor cringy, like cringy and like a oh wow that's a little like graphic or like well like when when Piper's dinner was an English muffin with a used tampon on it. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty nasty. That was was that in the first It was in the pilot, yeah. Oh, okay. She insults Red's cooking and then right. that's oh. I think it's how the episode ends. Right. I had like five minutes left in the episode. Yeah. But, but I, I think I took away all I needed to take away from Because that's episode. that's the idea is that that's her first that's her first nature shock is that oh, okay, there's a real race division in this prison. Right. And I forget who says it, but somebody says, no, it's not about it's not about racism. It's not about political correctness. It's just tribal. This is just how we split up. Right. And so she gravitates to the other white women and she sits with them at lunch. And Red, who runs the kitchen, is nice to her. And she, she kind of thinks like, okay, maybe this is going to be all right. I've got a sisterhood here. I've got like a bond. And then she says something about how bad the food is, like yeah. just as a way of like creating. Trying to. Yeah, just to connect, connect with them. And yeah. immediately she's an outsider again. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, that, that's, that's a good fixture in the episode because it, it really illustrates how, how um, ill fit she is here. Right. But the show stops being about how ill-fit she is there. And by season three, in certain ways, she's running shit. Yeah, I, and I've I've checked in when my girlfriend has been watching the show and seen that, yeah, it seems like she's taking more of a lead role in the prison and she's, like, running for, like, council or, like, president. Yeah, of, yeah there was uh, something like that. And yeah. that's okay, like, in a Walter White kind of way for her to, to kind of morph into the thing that she's surrounded by. Right. That's fine in terms of storytelling, but... I don't know if it happened too fast or if I, I mean, for one thing, the showrunners realized what the audience knew very quickly, which is that almost everybody on this show is more interesting than Piper. Right. It was a show about the person who didn't belong here, who got here anyway. And by the way, there's all these other interesting, colorful people. Yeah. No, very quickly we were, we were gravitating to them such that we were annoyed when it was a Piper episode. Right. So okay, they, gotcha. they put her in, in ways that make her kind of interesting, I guess, but it, they, they can't shake the fact that, that Pusey and, and Tasty and Nikki and Red and Healy. Did you say there's like, a girl named Pusey? name is Pusey, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if they really explain, like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's her last name or, yeah, I mean, obviously that's hilarious. I don't remember what the origin of that is. Well, on that note of hilarity, do you think the show is funny? Do you think it's a funny show? Is this the show that created a little bit of a stir at either the Emmys or the Golden Globes in terms of what category it belonged in? No, I don't think so. Because I think it was one of the shows that moved. I think it started... I don't know if the Emmys have categories split between drama and comedy. I think they do. Yeah. I think it started in the comedy categories, wasn't winning, so they moved it to the drama categories, which right. is strange because it's not going to win in those either. No. No, it's even tougher. Pro- well, comedy is straight up at the time was probably like 30 Rock and... Yeah. Although I guess it's within the last three years, but... The Office, though. I mean, like that, certain the things win right until family. the end. Yeah. But sometimes these shows that... Like if you really reach, you can you can kind of uh, spin it as a as a comedy. Sometimes right. they get slipped into the comedy category, so they'll win. Like vis a vis the Martian at the at the Golden Globes this year, sure. that did not belong in the comedy category, mm. and in the end, it caused enough trouble that the Academy agreed or the the right. Hollywood Foreign Press agreed. The yeah, you're right, Martian. Yeah, it, w- it was it was amusing, but right. it was put in the comedy category, so it would win, right? Because the people who vote on that kind of thing don't like comedies, right? Yeah. 
If, no if way. someone asked what were the top 10 comedies all year no one would say the martian no and and i mean orange is the new black the more i think about it the more the more i think it's ridiculous to call it a comedy there are yeah. there are characters who, in it who say some some chuckle worthy things but no there there are like there's there's this is a story about abuse and drugs yeah. and and okay. theft and and rape like and, i was having a hard and time and just despair in general this is a, this is this is not a fish out of water story right this is this is a oh life is scary story you definitely get moments of sadness from the pilot but i don't think you, it i don't think you can glean all of those things that you just mentioned from the pilot you know the rape and the drugs and no the, no it seems a, a, like it gets a little bit darker from the uh, no, I think it's just one of those shows that kind of bounces back and forth. Yeah. Like, you know, it has a light episode. Like, sometimes you watch an episode and you're like, oh, I don't know if they no, needed they to put that in there. They just played, like, football outside that episode, and that was kind of the whole thing. Right, and maybe they put that in for levity so that right. people don't don't get steered away. Because right. some, sometimes if I'm watching a show and it just gets too dismal, I'll be like, you know what, I'm, I'm over this. I, I needed a football episode in there somewhere. Right. sure. One thing that I thought was kind of funny, it made me think back to that 70s show. Okay. Because what's the... Laura Prepon. Laura Prepon was kind of like, this was the second thing I think she ever did. Besides maybe like some small films or something. Pretty much, yeah. So Laura Prepon seems kind of hot in this show. Yeah. I found that her hotness faded in that 70s show. Do you think that in that 70s show, she was meant to be like the hottie yes okay it's, it's funny you brought that up i feel like other people probably have an opinion on this yeah because mila kunis was also on that and i don't think she was mila kunis got hotter though yeah I mean, she, she was really young when the when the series started so that's yeah, probably that's why i don't know how old laura prepon was but she was probably like 17 or 18 when the when the series started right I, and mila kunis was like 14 yes i she lied about her age to be on that show yeah i always thought that donna's hotness was overstated I thought so too. I mean, I like they really made like a big thing about how. But at like, first, I didn't. No. At first, I remember watching like the first season, thinking like, "Oh yeah." Donna's I don't. I don't. Hot. I don't remember ever feeling that way about Donna. And like, I kind of. I think that's part of the reason Jackie's jokes about Donna are funny is because they also knew that Donna's like. I don't. I don't want to say she's not mannish, even though Jackie would say she's mannish. Right. That was Jackie's weird way of saying Donna's tall or Donna's right. broad. I, there's something about Donna, and, and it's I, I like a tomboy and I like a redhead. So I don't. I don't. I don't know what it is, but it, I never really got it. When she went blonde, I got it for a while. Right. But I don't find her hot in Orange Is the New Black. No. And she's kind of like the same thing though. Kind of like the domineering like girl who's gonna. Yes. Also a lesbian. She's got this like really deep voice in Orange is the New Black. I don't know if that's a put on or if that's actually what her, her voice is like, but I feel like they want her to be sexy in it. Yeah. And like with the big glasses and everything. Yeah. And I, I just still don't buy it from her. And does she go into jail at some point? You didn't finish the episode. Oh, she goes into jail at the end of the first episode. Oh my God. So like, that's what happens. Like oh. P- Piper freaks out. I don't know if, if like something happens. I think it was when she finds the tampon in her breakfast. Right. She like, she starts to cry and then she like has to get out of the cafeteria. And so she runs out into the backyard and she like starts screaming in the backyard. And then just suddenly Laura Prepon shows up and she says, I guess this is a bad time to say hi. Oh. And the episode closes. This would have been a good last five minutes to catch yeah i thought it was just gonna kind of like peter out but no it kind of leaves you on a cliffhanger apparently well and and really that's that's what i think they wanted the show to be about and and i mean it made it a little bit easier for them to write out larry the jason biggs character because she ends up uh cheating on larry with laura prepon right and And so are they both still on the show at the end of the third season laura prepon has left the show but come back to it Oh, she she they write her out for a while. She for goes like to, a, a full season. I think probably maybe just shy of a full season. Oh wow! Um, but then they they brought her back. But like in and around there, she gets moved to another prison because of something else that happens, and she almost gets killed. I think, and then she doesn't get killed. I don't remember it all like perfectly clearly, but I think where we are right now, Piper really hates Alex. Like okay. like. And I think vice versa. I think they really see each other as sociopaths. And I, I think like Alex sees that Piper has evolved from this kind of meek submissive and, and now sees that she's like kind of megalomaniacal and nuts and she doesn't understand her anymore. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm not on board with how, how long this show can run. I, that, I still keep going back to if this lasts six seasons, 
then I think it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> because it's a 15-month sentence. Do you want me to tell you what happens in the series, the season three finale? Oh, does she kill someone? No. It's... It, this is like it's i don't know how big of a spoiler it is i think it's one of those things where it seems like a big thing when the season is ending but sure. then they like they they kind of recoil at the beginning of the next season and they're like oh it wasn't that big a deal let's clean it up right okay let's hear it they all escape <laughs> they escape the from whole jail? prison escapes oh my god it's, it's pretty stupid i don't i don't remember how it happened except for that like the power got turned off or something so the alarms get turned off or whatever but there's a hole in the fence and they all know about the hole in the fence and they all go through the, the hole. entire jail escapes the entire jail. jail escapes and they all run down this hill through the woods and they get to the edge of a lake and so they realize there's nowhere they can go they can't they're going to end up back in the prison they're they're just at the bank of a water but right. the season ends with like a 10 minute montage of them all like feeling free in the water like skinny dipping and stuff? skinny dipping they're all like happy and like they're hugging and they're splashing water on each other and like this is what sunlight feels like <laughs> it's 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 fairly corny but like in reality if the entire prison <laughs> escaped yeah, i, I guess mean they'd be pretty pretty fired up that would be that would be really bad but i mean it, it feels like one of those things where like on the, the first episode of season four they're like all already going to be back in the prison yeah orange is the new black this time they're out of prison i don't see that happening yeah i don't think so i don't the, i, the I whole mean prisons half, half the show is about them being out of prison anyway like it's all these yeah. flashbacks about the characters which is cool i like shows that do flashbacks that's why i like lost so much did lost kind of create that where like they take a like it's one of those like enormous ensemble series where they can they can uh, hone in on a certain character for each episode and give you a little bit more of their background each time you you see one. I don't think Lost created it. I mean, we even saw a little bit of that in Oz. Yeah, good segue. So yeah. Oz is the other show we wanted to talk about today. Mm -hmm. This is a prison show. I I saw more similarities between them than I think I th I thought I would. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like we, like you said, we see a little bit of that format of flashback in Oz. I don't really know how the, the series continues from there. The difference is that I've only seen the pilot of Oz, and I right. finished it a half an hour ago. And I've, I've seen all of Orange is the New Black, but most of it's pretty foggy. Yeah. Yeah, formatically, I think it's pretty similar, except it's not as soft as Orange is the New Black. Oh, oh yeah. Orange is the New Black is incredibly soft. Like, I thought there might be, like a rape scene in the first one or something just to let lower like a beat down or something yeah. which does happen in oz yeah there's there's a rape scene in the first one there's there's like race war in the first one oh, yeah. there is a couple murders in the first one yeah yeah and like brutal murders oz is crazy like i would describe it as dark if it wasn't so so crazy yeah <laughs> yeah you, you're you're just compelled to watch I, I, you don't I, feel depressed really at the end of the episode because it's just like wow prison's insane being who i am i don't feel any um, urge to watch the second episode no no but but could you uh did you want to keep going through the first episode or did you kind of want to stop I, I mean i didn't suffer through it yeah but like it, very quickly i was like okay i'm really not i'm not like really connecting with anybody right. here like there's that main character i mean i think he's the main character tobias yeah, I, he he was kind of like he was kind of played as the main character in the pilot. I don't know how they trade that off throughout the series, but he's the he's the Piper character. He's the yeah. white bread guy who probably wouldn't be there except for one bad choice. Right, and here he is. I, I I didn't see Christopher Maloney in the first episode. Was he in it? No. For a second, I thought Tobias was a young Christopher Maloney, and then I was like, nope, that's definitely <laughs> not him. Definitely not him. <laughs> what did you think of J.K. Simmons? Okay, I can talk about J.K. Simmons for like a minute. Yeah. I've peed next to J.K. Simmons. Yes. He I is, think we talked about this before. He is a friend of mine. <laughs> um, it was it was in the LaGuardia airport. My I was with my parents, and my, my dad comes over to me, and he goes, who was the dad in Juno? Right. <laughs> that was my dad's hook to... Yep. And I was like, J.K. Simmons, you mean J. Jonah Jameson? And he goes, oh, yeah, he was that, too. And he said, uh, he's he just went into the men's room. So I was like... I have to pee. <laughs> Perfect. And so I went over and he was uh, really small, really? like shorter than me, like yep. like probably your height, mm -hmm. really small little guy who's in a straw really fedora. Really small, probably like your size. You're not big, buddy. <laughs> I guess not, but <laughs> not, not really a... small? He, well, I mean, it's funny. We can talk about how just today there are photos trending of J.K. Simmons ripped as shit really but he was really skinny when i saw him like he okay. was he was he just he was noticeably smaller than he expected right. him to be as is often the case when you see a famous person right. was kind of like almost heavy in in oz yeah i noticed De that too definitely he, he was like guy. kind of beefy and i mean he hasn't always been that but uh he got he was really thin in whiplash 
Yes. He was like almost kind of kind of muscly in Whiplash. Right. Wore tight t-shirts. Yeah. yeah, you're right. How fucking good was Whiplash? I love it. Oh my god. I loved it. But yeah. a lot of people don't. Like I talked to to a couple of people at work that were like we were like laughing through it. It's so ridiculous. Why would I teach I don't know. No. It was I, like my favorite movie of that year. I was, was hoping it was going to get the Oscar. I knew it wasn't going to, but it was definitely my favorite movie of the year. It was it was just a play on screen. Like I mean, yeah. I don't think it really asks you to question how ludicrous it is. The point is, you know, if you really want to achieve something, you have to be a psychopath. I think yeah. that was kind of the message of yeah, the movie. A little bit. And that psychopaths find kinship. Sure. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess I don't really know if that's what if that's just a thing I'm I'm projecting right now. But I adored that movie. I thought it was spectacular. And I mean, I peed next to him before the Oscar. Right. So now my pee is more golden. You got than it in used before be. it was, before it was a mainstream uh, pee. I don't know. Yeah. No. I hear anyway, that. so I, what did you think about that? Because when he started in the episode, you kind of think like, oh, okay, this is kind of like the good guy. No, I and knew, then, I knew, I knew what he was. Oh, really? Because um, I remember when he was when he was promoting Whiplash, he went on Howard, and Howard said, "All I really knew of you, aside from the the Spider-Man movies, was you were the." You were the neo-Nazi who was always fucking guys in Oz. Okay. Yeah. So like, I, I, I that was a very clear representation of that character. Right. <laughs> that really spoke to what he was. So I didn't know that at all. And when he first sits down, you know, he's like, ah, oh, that sucks. You got to wear armor. Like this guy's gonna. Seems like he might be the friend. You. Like, yeah, it seems like he might be the friend. Tells the big dude to back off him. Come to my cell. <laughs> and then he's well, kind of like, you're my bitch now. Well, that's. I mean, they did that on purpose so that you would be fooled just like Tobias. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The interesting thing about him is that he can be menacing. He was really menacing in Whiplash. I mean, I haven't really found him to be that yet as of the first episode of Oz. Like, yeah, he rapes him, but like he still just kind of seems like one of the good guys. That's also, so fucked to say because he has tattoos of swastika. I, no, listen, ass. I mean like the, <laughs> like and I I don't I, maybe it's a testament to JK Simmons' likability or maybe it's just the way they elected to to play that character. Like, just to make you feel conflicted? I mean, I don't like his swastika tattoo, Slaney. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. And I don't like his, his rapiness, but he is not a bad guy in the first episode. Weirdly, right? Yeah, I know what you're saying. He's, yeah. He, once he said, you're mine now, you belong to me now, that's kind of when I was like, oh, no, he is a bad guy. <laughs> he's a bad guy, but he's not the villain of the episode. No. No. No, I don't think so. I mean, like, and in, in the end... There's that guy, I mean, I don't know anyone's name, so it makes it a little bit more difficult, but he was a real problem, and he goes and he suffocates the guy on life support, and that guy's dead. And, and gets so lit on fire. He, well, yeah, he gets the crap beaten out of him by police, and there was a part of me that was like, is this going to be like one of those early moments in Shawshank where they beat the guy to death with right. their sticks? And then I then it occurred to me, no, this guy's like a character. They're going to want to keep him in the show. Yeah. And then he gets burned alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually watched the last three minutes with you, and you said... Oh no, they're not gonna kill him because he's a compelling character. Yeah. And then, like five minutes later, they actually—he appeared burn to be dead. Out. I mean, we we saw Polaroids yes. of his charred body, so I'm pretty sure he's dead. Yes, definitely dead. I, I don't, I don't, I just don't. I I didn't, I didn't gravitate to anybody enough. And how do they? What do they do with Mackay Pfeiffer throughout the rest of the series? Is he always breaking the fourth wall, doing the like monologue about how bad prison is? Or that's is that not Mackay Pfeiffer. Person? That's what's his name, Howard uh, something rather from Lost. Michael from Lost. Right, 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 yeah. right. Why do I always want to call him Mackay Pfeiffer? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, yes, yes, Michael from Lost. I was going to bring him up too. He was it not supposed to be revealed to us right away? Like, is he is he like an insane character? Because it's kind of a like he's in this he's in a wheelchair, yes, but like he's also he's in this weird like rotating orb at the yeah, end. Like maybe he's doing some kind of like psychotherapy. No, like, I I don't think that's a. I think that was just a thing for the episode like to to show how nuts it is here yeah i guess like he's kind of spinning upside down showing the whole jail and yeah i I mean it would be kind of a cool fixture of the show for them to use a lunatic as a greek chorus like i mean like shakespeare did that right like with the 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 jester was always like the guy who actually had the wisdom right and so i mean well that's an interesting point so maybe maybe that's something they're doing we don't know yet enough about the character but the other thing too is it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of sanity in the episode like it seems like every character had quite a bit of insanity yeah (laughs) like there except for tobias tobias seemed like the one like straight line in the show and everyone else was 
super crazy. The same could be said for Orange is the New Black. Right. But, I mean, the the only reason but, it seems that way is that everyone else already knows where they are, and they are how they are based on the prison. Right. Like, Piper and Tobias just have not become what right. they are in the prison yet. And I don't know if that happens to Tobias. I'm thinking it probably does. Yeah. I, I should say the cops are kind of like the straight line. Like, there was clearly that one cop in uh, Oz. Ernie Hudson? From Ghostbusters? No. the Well, he he was, like, kind of straight, but, like, kind of crazy, too. The other guy was straight up like, okay, we need to, like, institute these rules to make people not go so crazy. And, yeah. You know, he tried to stop the beating of that guy after he killed the man. Well, it'd be interesting to see if they develop those characters to be more multidimensional, like they do in Orange is the New Black, because... One thing you learn about Litchfield as as Orange is the New Black goes gone is that the prison is like super corrupt and some of the guards are actually, they have good hearts and some of them are like really lousy people and, and, and some of them are really conflicted somewhere in the middle. Right. Like, I mean, probably they didn't hire a guy like Ernie Hudson who's got like a, a, a resume to just be a, a black guy on TV. I'm sure they develop his character to an extent. Right. To have flaws and, and nuances. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, he was good in it. I mean, I guess so. Yeah, it was interesting. Like to go back to to the. I mean, I don't know the character's name, but Michael from Lost. Um, it was interesting the way he kicks the series off with his narration. Like you, you kind of chuckled while we were watching, it and you said that the breaking of the fourth wall seems kind of silly. Yeah, it starts like inside his mouth, and then like goes right, outwards. Right. From yeah. It. Yeah. I, I I got a real uh, Polynic vibe from it. Like I was like, okay, they're they're really doing a thing where they've created a world. Yeah. And you're not, you don't live in this world. And by the way, you, the audience, need an orientation. So let me tell you some stuff about this world yeah. before you, you come into it. Yeah. So, I mean, like that, that's illustrated just in the fact that the show is called Oz. Yeah. It's not, it's not real. It's, it, well, they, I saw the write up for it. It says it's almost like an experimental wing of the prison, of the Oswald prison. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're, what, are they just trying shit? Like disciplinarily, <laughs> you mean? I, yeah, I have no idea. I really want to read. I kind of want to watch maybe all of it. Did you did you catch a line in Orange the New Black, the pilot? I think you probably saw this line where Piper is meeting with Healy, who is her like advisor. Yeah. And he's telling her like, don't uh, be around the lesbians, yes. stay out of trouble. The line he gives her, I don't know if you caught this, is no one's going to mess with you unless you let them. This isn't Oz. Oh, no, I did not notice that. It, it was almost like, look, we know that this is the same show, but softer. Right. Yeah. They actually announced that in the show. Yeah. This well, is and good for them. Like yeah. if they're if they're going to they're going to go there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, like I said, structurally, it's very similar. But I mean, it's a it's a woman's prison. It's not a men's prison. Right. And it's a medium security, not a maximum security. Yeah. Oz it seems like one of those shows that's going to be a little hard to watch, but I want to keep watching it for sure. It also came out in 1997, so I think it was the first like huge HBO show. It was it was the first hour long HBO produced show. Nice. Yes. So soon after that, I think came The Sopranos. Probably and was The Sopranos not sooner than that? I mean, I guess it was on was, HBO, so I guess not. It was 90, 97 that Oz started. Yes, it was on for six years, and I want to say it was ninety uh ninety nine or ninety eight that the soprano started, but it could have been ninety seven too yeah i yeah, I think it might have been a little bit later than Oz, probably oh, right around there, Oz so he kicked it off, speaking of that, did it throw you for a loop at all that um we talked about our last episode. I don't know. I can't think of her name right now. Oh, Edie Falco. Edie Falco. Totally. As a matter of fact, I was kind of like, is that Edie Falco? Yeah. And then she talks and you're like, that's got to be Edie Falco. That's definitely Edie Falco. And so I looked it up and I was like, how come I'm not aware of her being in this show? Yeah. I mean, I guess if it was before The Sopranos was huge, she wasn't huge yet, right? No, no. I don't think so at all. Okay. I think this was like, okay, we'll pick this girl, Edie Falco. She's And she was in 23 episodes. And I mean... That's not most of them, but it's a lot of them. Well, the first season's eight episodes. Right. The second, second and third season are probably like ten episodes. So yeah. So she was she was doing double time between The Sopranos and, and Oz, maybe. I guess so. Or That's... she or she got written out to go join The Sopranos. Probably there's probably one season where she was on like both shows and yeah. then decided, okay, I've got a way bigger role in The Sopranos. And so started. wait a second, there's a there's there's a a, a polarity there. Um, in that Oz is the is the original HBO 
one-hour drama. Yeah. And Orange is the New Black is maybe the original Netflix drama. I think House of, House of Cards came up first, but it was like in the top three yeah. original internet shows. Yeah, I think, it was, I think it was right after House of Cards. Yeah. yeah because it, I remember being like, hearing Orange is the New Black and talking to a coworker at the time that was like, and man, they've got this other one out right now. Orange is the New Black just started and, and it's pretty cool. And House of Cards and Orange is the New Black were the first television shows, using the word television loosely, yeah. to be nominated for Emmys and Golden Globes that were shows that did not appear on broadcast. Yeah. Like, for all intents and purposes, they're just internet shows, except in a fancier medium. Yeah, although I will say that I think HBO has a higher standard to get things on. They also don't have any sort of... Um, filter? Uh, no, I was going to say... I, I, well, they yeah, they don't really have a filter. They'll put, like, anything from comedy to narcos to... For original programming, you for mean. For original programming. If on. they can make money from it, yeah. Because they've got no capacity to fill. That's true. But HBO seems to only put on kind of the best of the best, or at least what they think is going yeah, to be Yeah, that's so true. There's a finite amount of HBO. Yeah. You got Game of Thrones, you got The Sopranos, you got... Sorry, what is Game of Thrones? Uh, okay, well, go, please listen to episode one. But yeah, I think that, that HBO is really like... They went from Oz, and Oz reminded me in some ways of The Wire. Okay, I see. We'll do an episode about The Wire eventually, but I'm yeah. not that familiar with the show. I just know that a lot of people who watched it firmly believe it's the greatest piece of television ever created yeah i don't and again i think i've said this before i don't think i would go that far i yeah. really liked watching it i think it was a great series but but 11 different little... people uh from the main cast of oz appeared in the wire at some point oh wow yes that's a cool fact i know um i didn't notice any from the first episode i don't think but I mean, like I said, it's it's 1997 is apparently long enough ago that people look different. Like, well, it's that, like 19 years ago. Yeah, well, and like like Tobias, like I said, like I I spent some time looking at him, thinking like that you could convince me that's Christopher Maloney, like yeah. if you were astute enough. And then I realized it wasn't when I looked him up. But... And I think Christopher Maloney plays a really crazy guy in it. Okay, like he's like the antithesis of what he is in law and order svu right <laughs> he's basically the people he's busting in law and order that's SVU. the other thing is that apparently a lot of people who were who played prisoners on oz went on to be in cop shows oh cool which is kind of funny yeah yeah i, I want to watch more of it honestly i kind of want to go back and watch the first episode over again in terms of current relevance for ernie hudson he was on kimmel last night they had the entire original ghostbusters cast on kimmel and the new Ghostbusters cast. Oh, that's so interesting. But but wait, because Dan Aykroyd, isn't he like a hater on the female Ghostbusters thing? No, he's not. He's not? No, no. In fact, he like super hogged the conversation. Really? Yeah. I think at one point something came out about Dan Aykroyd saying like, I don't think it should be all women. That rings Maybe a bell. Maybe he was trying to make up for it. Honestly, I'll I'll come out and say it. I don't think it needs to be all women. Like it really, it really felt, and we can, we can, uh, also parlay this into a conversation about 007. It really feels like you're just doing it to make a statement and not to make a funny movie. And you need to make a funny movie first. Right. That's how That I... should be the priority. Yeah, it should be the priority. Like, I mean, really, you're just making it for the sake of making a movie. When, when you when it comes to, to James Bond, like, did we talk about this on the podcast last week? About how people want to see a female James Bond? No. Oh, no, I didn't hear this. You haven't heard this? No, this I don't like think this, so. This whole, and I feel really passionate about it. I've talked about it on, on the radio show a couple of times now, too, about how a lot of people are campaigning to have a, a real change in James Bond. Daniel Craig said he's done with it. We need to find somebody new. And fine, I guess we're, we're about due for a new James Daniel Bond. Daniel Craig anyway. said, I would rather be hit over, I'd rather be bottled over the head. Yeah, he's been a real asshole about it. Yeah, <laughs> this, this was kind of a big thing for you, man. Yeah. Like, it really helped you. It's really everything you've had yeah. is because of James Bond. And he was, he was a great James Bond, but also, I mean, he made four movies. Uh, a couple of them are amazing. A couple yep. of them are just okay. Right. Um, and he's getting old, too. Like, it's time to change it up, and that's fine. And it's exciting. And when there's, when there's the smell of a new James Bond in the air, I want to be a part of that because right. I'm excited about that kind of thing. But, sure. like, they've been saying for a little while, you know, maybe it's time we have, like, a black James Bond. Mm -hmm. And they brought up um, Idris Elba. Yep. And that's cool, except for that he's also too old. Right. He's like, he's, old. he looks great in a suit, and he's suave as shit. Like, it's... It's got nothing to do with the fact that he's black that I would have a problem with it, but he is too old to play the character. Yeah. There are certain elements to a character that you shouldn't fuck with, and it's not it's not a bigoted thing to feel that way. Yeah. I mean, again, it's it's not that he's black. Does it say in the books that he's white, and is it crucial 
to the character that he's white. I don't think so. But is it crucial that he's a man? Yes, it is. Because if you are creating the story about a person who flippantly goes from country to country and playboys his way around and things come easy to him, this is a character, everything is easy for James Bond. Yeah. Everything is easy. And everything is not easy for women. And if you want to create a character that is a strong female and a good role model and is a badass, then I'm your first champion yeah. As a man. Totally. You can still do that. It doesn't have to be under the same title as something else. You don't need to have this. Yeah. Ian Fleming created a character who is a man yep. and wrote books about him as a man. That doesn't make Ian Fleming a chauvinist. No. It'd be, like, just... it'd be like making Harry Potter a woman. You're just doing it to do it. Right. Why are, why are you doing it? And yeah. so so somebody who the, the, the forums, Reddit or whatever, somebody who they put up there as the example of Jane Bond or female Jamie Bond or whatever you want to call her is uh, Gillian Anderson, Gillian Anderson, whatever her name is from the X-Files. You want to know why that's an even stupider idea than having a female James Bond? Why is that? Because she's from Chicago. (laughs) Stop stop shitting on the character. I was going to say, A, is she British and... B, isn't she, like, just as old as Daniel Craig at this point? And she's a badass. So uh, write a movie where Gillian Anderson's a really cool secret agent. Sure, yeah. But she doesn't need to play James Bond. No, I agree. And so when it comes to the Ghostbusters movie, I I mean, I honestly think that all of the people who are publicly hating on it are contributing to the eventual success that it's going to have. Right. I definitely think it's going to win the weekend. Yep. Um. It doesn't matter if it's a good movie or not, because lots of lots of stuff comes and goes. Wasn't there also supposed to be a movie, a, a Ghostbusters movie that was supposed to be like Seth Rogen and Danny McBride? And, I heard about that th- too. Wasn't that in the mix for a bit, or did did the girl one win out? And... I think maybe they would have done both, and they would have existed in the same universe. Honestly, yeah. I think they would have been like parallel. But I I also don't think that they committed to that and now they definitely won't right because i mean look at how risky it is yeah, it's yeah. like you'll you'll just you're just asking for people to complain totally and i mean it's it's funny it's it's one of those things that might be a little bit like uh the sequel to dumb and dumber everyone was like yes right. this needs right. to happen or finally. Zoolander. oh my god yeah and zoolander exactly two great examples now a year or so after dumb and dumber and like six months after zoolander 2 no one's really mentioning it. I hope that Zoolander 2 becomes something. I haven't seen it. Did you? No, I didn't see it. I, uh, heard, I heard it was bad, but I mean, that's what so, people said about the original. So was Zoolander, and now it's like a huge classic. I don't think it will, but here's where I stand on that stuff. And and this is my best argument for people who are like really protective of Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, what a weird thing to be protective of. But they are. I mean, that's yeah. the reason. I mean, it's a cult favorite, and if you're a big 80s comedy fan, like you, you're probably like really love that movie bill murray and yeah i think it's awesome it, it is it's a classic yeah and i guess i wouldn't want them to remake ferris bueller just to remake it or back to back to the future just to remake it so maybe i'm a bit of a hypocrite in what i'm gonna say but a new movie cannot ruin your old movie no like this is why i don't understand it's, why people are saying you're gonna ruin ghostbusters no they're not it still exists ghostbusters on its own. will be fine yeah. Or when, when somebody goes on American Idol and butchers Bohemian Rhapsody. They didn't ruin Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> yeah. The song's fine. You're right. And that, that thing will exist. And people can make shitty stuff that is connected to it. But you can you can disassociate it. Sure. That's up to you as a fan. Having said that, like I said, like a remake of Ferris Bueller's Day Off makes me nauseous. Like that, Is that supposed to happen? No, but it's okay. an example of right. something that shouldn't be done. And really, it's no different right. than a remake of Ghostbusters. Like yeah, fundamentally, good. it's principally it's the same mistake. Yeah, I think Harold Ramis would even be more open to a sequel to Ghostbusters being written than, uh, wow, what's the guy's name who wrote Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Again? John Hughes. John Hughes to someone rewriting a John. Like it seems a little bit more sacred. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. I mean, both of those guys are dead, so <laughs> so it's kind of sacred either way. Like so if all of, most of the comedies that, that Harold Ramis did are pretty sacred but like i think he'd have a good sense of humor about someone doing it apparently uh robert zemeckis has has like uh, some kind of deal with universal or paramount or whoever mgm whoever made back to the future he has a deal like a lasting contract until his death that if anybody tries to explore the back to the future ip he can sue them for like a buttload of money like he wow. is he is so adamant that that never be touched again that nobody tries to reboot nobody makes a four right and he says like he would really like to put it in his will as well like he did he, he plan from the beginning on there being three 
No, that's that's what's kind of interesting. Like that scene at the end of Back to the Future, where we where we're going, we don't need roads. Right. That was just a gag. That was yeah. just going to be like a oh, and by the way, maybe they have more adventures. Right. But then people loved Back to the Future. Right. And so they shot parts two and three back to back, and then a bunch of time went by, and Michael J. Fox got sick, and it just. The thing about Back to the Future is that it's very insular, yeah. and for a for a movie that explores a hundred and thirty years and the entire universe and the space time continuum, it all takes place on two blocks. Yeah, like it's it's a very like that's it's, true. It's very inside. Yeah, and and so to go there and have have the the camera lens look different, it wouldn't fit. It's it's it wouldn't it wouldn't belong with yeah, it the same right. way the same way this new Ghostbusters it's just never going to fit with the original Ghostbusters movies right um, it's not like Star Wars in that way it wasn't built to be added to right could you make a time travel movie I mean could you make a uh, story of a young guy and a time travel machine without it constantly being compared to Back to the Future it'd be really tough yeah it's like okay this is gonna show some colors about Colin Sweets. Um, in my uh, in my Dungeons and Dragons session yeah. last okay. weekend, <laughs> like where this is going. Um, I, I DM our session. And it's just me and my buddy and our two girlfriends. This is literally what we do every right. Sunday. We go out to brunch and then you we might play be D&D. saying, "Wait a second, two girlfriends." I know. But yes, and they they're they're really nice looking girls. Yeah, I know. Um, and oh, trust me, uh, I know. Uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, we go out to brunch and then we play D and D all afternoon. And and. Uh, I tell the story and we don't like, we, we're, we're not that strict. Probably like hardcore D and Ders would find the way we play to be a little bit amateurish and annoying. Offensive. Okay. Yeah. Offensive even um, because D and D is sacred, but I, I created a storyline just last week where they time traveled. Okay. Um, Cause we had this whole history for our universe with stuff that happened in the, in the nation a hundred years ago. And I had been I had been building up to this like plane that they were trying to get to, and there was this idea that maybe this plane was mystical, and I was kind of not sure what I was going to do with it because there was like a lot of suspense, and there was like a lot of there was a lot of stock put in this place. Like okay. it better be pretty good when we get there. And then I realized let's let's make it the past. And so we got talking as we were as we were building it together about how narratively there are really two different kinds of time travel. There is the Back to the Future mold of time travel and there is the uh, terminator mold of time travel Mm -hmm. one which is uh manipulative like the back to the future um space-time continuum is one where you can travel into the past and change history right you can have an impact on what happened in terminator you cannot change fate or history you going back was always written in history you you have you can you can only do what you were always going to do you can always do what you always did does that make sense? So, so in the sense that when Arnold Schwarzenegger gets sent back, or gets sent back in time to assassinate John Connor, and he ends up having sex with the woman and creates John Connor, creating John Connor, right? So that's like he always created John Connor, right? Otherwise, John Connor wouldn't have well, existed. Well, no, Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't create John Connor. No, but the guy who does, yes. the guy they send back. Yeah, right. Does that, so that make was, sense? That was, yeah, I guess that there's was also, always supposed to happen. There's also, this is a cheesy example, but in Harry Potter, Prisoner of Azkaban, mm-hmm. like that always happened. There was, there was the, the Patronus always happened. That's how they escaped. Like when they're in Hagrid's hut and a stone flies through the window and he gets hit in the back of the head and you're like, what was that? And then they move on from that. Right. Later in the movie or in the book, they have to throw that stone right. so that it happens. I guess Donnie Darko is kind of a time travel movie. Yes. I need to watch that again. I didn't. I definitely didn't get it the first time I watched yeah. it. Yeah. And it was kind of spooky. It was a little spooky. So I, I, didn't, I didn't care for that. But uh, Seth Rogen's in that movie. I think I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it when I was in like high school, so it wasn't that long ago I guess. so how did we get there we were just talking about about um how did we start well talking we about... talked about the sanctity of back to the future and ferris bueller and, and 007 and ghostbusters and ghostbusters right yeah so I, that's right. the, ernie that's, hudson that's was on <laughs> the right. ernie hudson tie-in right okay right. so how was that on kimmel it was it was kind of okay like oh, i think i think the idea was that they wanted to approve of it like they this is the studio saying Look, this trailer is the most downvoted movie trailer in the history of YouTube. There is, <laughs> is it actually? It is literally. Wow. I, uh, I, it's not that bad. That's, but I mean, the, again, movie does, the movie doesn't look that good, but if you it, made it, Ghostbusters it, today, it wouldn't look that good. Right. It's just sacred to people. and Right. Right. Okay. 
taking us back. So that's that's the thing is that there's an angry mob behind the making of this movie, and they need to do damage control before people have even seen it. Right. And like this is this is made by the people who made Bridesmaids. Like it it stood a chance of being funny. Yeah. Like objectively, away from the context of it being uh, a sacred property, if it was a new idea. It might have been hilarious, and and uh, Paul Feig's a genius. Yeah. But people are not willing to, to give it that chance, and even if it was good objectively, people would not admit to it, including the critics. It will bomb on Rotten Tomatoes. It doesn't matter how good it is. Did they acknowledge that at all? The, I mean, I mean the they, women on it? They, the angle that they could take was Jimmy Kimmel said, listen, you know, a lot of people are really mad about this, but then they took it as it's... Um, like chauvinists who live with their parents. Oh, okay. They just made it a woman issue. Right. And it's really not that. Like, for me anyway, and I'm somebody who doesn't even really care that much about Ghostbusters. Right. I don't so much care about you making it all women. I, I think you did it with agenda, mm-hmm. but I don't so much care. It's more of a problem that you made the movie at all. Right. Because it didn't need to be made. Right. Um, and I think that, that by them not mentioning that, they really left out a huge portion of the people who have right to be bothered by the fact that the movie exists. Yep. But whatever. Like I said, you're not, they're not going to ruin the original Ghostbusters. Just don't go if you don't want to go. Right, sure. The, the, the episode really seemed like, like even Bill Murray was told, be on your best behavior and compliment these women for how funny they are. Right. Make this audience know that going to this movie is okay. It's like they were maybe paid... To, to, sure. a, to approve of this movie. Yep, not impossible. Right. Oz and Orange is the New Black. I mean, both good shows. Very similar and very different at the same time. Yeah. The, the thing is, they're the same show for different audience. Yeah, I think if there was more... I don't know. I just don't think the hype level is there for me to get on board with Orange is the New Black. The thing is, it's not too late. It's pretty easy for you to digest 30 episodes of something. Yeah, I know. In terms of Netflix originals, have you watched Bloodline? No. Jen, we talked about watching it and i just kind of said i don't feel like compelled to watch it yeah well it's interesting because like anybody i don't know if a ton of people watch it netflix doesn't release their ratings but like there's enough culty buzz about this show yeah that the people who do watch it are like shit watch this show really and I, I, okay. I i don't think there are a lot of laughs in it so that's that's a bit of a deterrent for me but like my mom is crazy about it really? she says the people in this show are fucked really and like in, in, in like a really exciting way, but there's only two seasons of it and the second one yeah. just dropped like a couple of weeks ago. So it's really easy to digest that if if you have a taste for it. And the guy from, how many seasons are there? Just two, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, the guy from Friday Night Lights is in it. The, yeah. Uh, yeah, what's his name? I, uh, I, I want to say Kyle McLaughlin. That's not right. <laughs> but it sounds right. Yeah. Kyle uh, something. Is it? I, I, don't, I don't know that it is Kyle, but. Hang on, I got to. It would make sense I gotta to me. find out. And he was in Wolf of Wall Street. Chandler? Kyle Chandler? Ah. No idea, man. And he was the cop in Wolf of Wall Street, right? Mm-hmm. Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler. Nailed it. And Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, it's about a, it's about this family, and they're all kind of fucked up, I think, but then, like, the black sheep of the family moves in, and, yeah. like... I, I read the synopsis for it. It's just... I, I thought, why? Well, you can't watch it? everything in spite of what this podcast is based on. No, that's true. Right. Do we sum up? My favorite line in uh, in in Orange Is the New Black was was when Piper was being like oriented into the prison and the female uh, guard, who by the way turns into a total like comedy relief character, like this woman who's a total hard ass when she was coming into the prison. Yeah, like she she gets like super chill as okay. the series goes on, but uh, she's shaking her down and she tells her to spread her cheeks and everything and, and cough and yeah, and she she says, "You got any skin pics? Any nudie judies?" Right? Yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe laugh out loud. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if I have a favorite line from Oz. It would be weird if I said any of the lines were my favorite line from Oz. It would just make me seem kind of crazy just about anything you're like oh but does that paint me as a neo-nazi exactly <laughs> but it was an entertaining show yeah I, I heard that there's and i didn't see it in the first episode but i heard that there's like a scene where a guy's on the toilet and he they make sure that they basically shit with their leg like outside of their pants so if anyone ever tried to bust into a stall or try they to could find run them, they'd be able to run and move oh uh, i see i was i had it on but i was walking around the apartment yeah so i must have missed that but that's interesting yeah Interesting prison tactic. Well, and that's a thing that they kind of allude to in Orange is the New Black, too, is that, like, look, there are things here that you don't know about, and you're going to have to learn them. Like, I mean, the way 
Piper wants to sleep in her bed, but they say you have to sleep on your bed. Like there's just like cultural stuff that maybe doesn't make sense or maybe it does, but like right. this is this is what you're going to have to um, learn. And why why is it that she has to sleep on her bed? I don't know if they ever explain it. They probably do. Huh. They probably do. Let me look it up. Let me Google it and we'll edit the silence out. Yeah, cool. Because it seems like a strange thing. Like unless it's just an arbitrary little nuance they wanted to add like just, just right. in the prison it's there's this weird thing that would be said and yeah on orange of the new black what does it mean to sleep on top of your bed not in it best answer no one sleeps under their bed under their covers here beds have to be made in the morning and made perfectly so the strategy is to sleep on top of your bed with an extra sheet and blanket so when you get out of the bed you don't have to make it just tighten it up a little bit oh she did say that but it's still it's kind of a lame explanation right it's just kind of some work because you have to make it in the morning yeah that, that's that's a, that's a, a flimsy backup yeah. for, that, for that little thing about prison culture <laughs> right. i'm surprised they mentioned it they really needed a 20 second filler yeah yeah exactly interesting i would have just thrown in another flashback of like that time that piper made out with donna L- laura Pre- <laughs> yeah. donna pinciotti boobs yes. boobs fez right. must have just like went everywhere oh, in fez. that scene fez <laughs> Uh, I've been watching that 70s show quite a bit. Just it's like a thing to have on. It's a funny show. Is it just like on TV land or are you just? Yeah, I've got it on Netflix. Oh, so yeah. It's one of the it's one of the last great multi camera sitcoms. Yeah. Where are you in uh, the office right now? Oh, I finished the office ages ago. Oh, did you? Ages ago. Okay. Yeah, I know. I it, that took me maybe eight weeks to watch the whole thing. I don't even think I finished the office. I think you did because I feel like I feel like we were living together when it happened. Yeah. Even though, like if you had been checked out for a while, I'm pretty sure you watched the finale. Yeah. I thought it was a really special show. And it's been a long time since like, I've really felt that way about a sitcom. It was the weirdest thing that I hadn't watched it sooner. Yeah. 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 It seems like a show you'd be into as soon as it started, but right. Based on the two prison shows we talked about today. Mm -hmm. What about other, other prison shows? Prison break. Oh yeah. There's a show that overstayed its welcome. I've heard that. I only, I only watched the pilot. I remember. And I, I, my, my brother was really into it and he's like, Hey, watch this show with me. You'll really Mm -hmm. like it. And I watched it and I was like, I didn't care for it. And when they revealed that he'd, tattooed a map of the prison on his whole body <laughs> yeah. in the first episode and that's right. like the premise of the show right yeah i was like not buying this they uh yeah you're right they really should have made it last two seasons if it was gonna last at all it was on for like five seasons yeah or more yeah it it went too far right like i was in junior high and i was still like wait a second no 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 no. <laughs> yeah this is not for me are there any other prison shows there probably are but um well, there, oh, there's that show, 60 Days In. Have you heard about this? I don't know about that show. Oh, okay. So it's on, like, Bravo, I think. I haven't seen it at all yet. There's a couple people at work that are crazy about it. Okay. It's basically normal people going into jail for 60 days, and the jail's been told, like, we want to do a document documentary series oh, on, yeah. like, what it's like to live in jail. Meanwhile, they're following around these people that are actually, like, like I think Muhammad Ali's daughter is in it. Layla, uh, yeah, Layla. Or there's like a few Ali, yeah, girls, I guess. But I think it's Layla. But I think she's a writer, so it might not be. But wait a second. So they just take like everyday people and see how they yes. they deal with jail? these people. Sign up to like go. They, to jail. they submit themselves. Are they in there with real prisoners? Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say if they're all just regular people, then they're not going. No, to be no, no, nuts. no. No, there's like like six regular people amongst, and I think they're all in different jails. Right. It seems crazy. That's it interesting. Really I mean, great. like, yeah, it's just like, especially if you're going to be the one person who comes into a jail with a camera crew to follow you around, but you want everyone to treat you like a regular. Well, I think that's the thing. They they branch off enough and interview other people, like real inmates, mm. to make it look like. I, I don't know. I think that's how they do it. Okay. I, I'd be interested to see it. People are, uh, I've heard I've heard a few people at work talk about how crazy it is. Like, actual, like rape happening people like limping oh. out of rooms and stuff all right you have, you have cleared it up i don't need to watch this show just uh, as i won't be watching oz but you think you're going to continue well i don't know if i find some free time right i mean it's not on the top of my list or anything but it definitely seems like a cool show i it does and I'm, i bet it's good i'm not going to watch it okay There's, and like it's not like a case of game of thrones where like part of me wants to watch it even though i know it's probably not for me right i, I yeah. can live without seeing this sure. show that's and, fair. And I think my buddy JK will understand. I hope so. You're not going to watch Orange is the New Black? I don't think so, but I wouldn't recommend against it. Right. Like, I would tell anyone, like, yeah, it seems like a good enough show. It's funny. There's so much on. I, I, I watched the, the pilot again last night. I've seen it before. I've seen them all. But I watched it, and I was like, this is better than I remember. Yeah. Like, I kind of, I kind of think of it as a show that I watch that's schlocky. 
And yeah. like it's it's the show that I kind of hate watch, but I don't hate watch it. Like it can be really good. When I've seen it later on in the seasons, I do see it as a little schlocky, you know. It when, can be when, but but I haven't seen all of it, so it's unfair for me to make that call. All right, hey, that's the show. Thanks for listening. Uh, rate and review. Follow us on Twitter if you want at Show Show Podcast. We will hopefully be a little bit more regular by the time these uh, these have come to you. And we would Are like... you regular, sweets? Yeah, I'm pretty good these okay. days. Good. Yeah, me too. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> Hey, never go outside. Never go outside. Bye, guys. Bye.